Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, and best of all it's totally free zero catch we've been using it ever since we started how long gone and ever since i discovered spotify for podcasters i feel like having the option of turning off the q a's and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh boost my creativity and take it to another level i highly recommend giving it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started Oh, TJ, thank you for joining me. I've been in this Zoom forever. I thought I was going to die in here. Yeah, unfortunately, I I somehow lost my SD memory card, which is strange because it just goes from my little recorder to my little laptop and back and forth all day. I don't know. Maybe the dog mm-hmm. ate it. Who fucking knows? But I mean, it doesn't. It never leaves my desk. It's it's a freak accident. It's a freak accident. We can. I hope you throw your um, mobile phone at your assistant later because uh, this is definitely not your fault. It's definitely not my fault. And someone's getting a BlackBerry whipped at the side of their head <laughs> like a like a common nine volt battery. God, I need some nine volts. Those have a nice weight to them. You know what I mean? That that feels like it's really going to do some damage if it hits the cranial. See, you get it. I get it. I, I've never had an assistant, but I love to throw stuff. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. luckily, luckily I, I understand the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. What's going on over there in Glendale, Chief? We're just over here. It's actually been very gloomy. It rained yesterday. It's it's absolutely killing my vibes. Don't, it'll be it'll be ninety one in a couple of days. Don't worry. But um, I got some new I got some new rugs from our rug man. Shoutouts to King Kennedy Rugs. I know um, I know our boy. If you if you watched our video for matches fashion where there was a rug on the floor. He was nice enough to, he was nice enough to provide that rug, but make sure you go to King Kennedy Rugs, but he blessed me. He makes these custom floor mats or he sells them. They're they're vintage Afghan car rugs and he sent over a couple yes. as well as a, a nice tote bag that was made out of a re- reclaimed the tote bag is very nice. So, you know, I got nice. I got I took the truck in, got a little car wash. I was playing with fire getting it washed on a rainy day, but you know, I figure maybe I can maybe I can get a little rain check. I've never had a rain check for a car wash, but I kind of want to try it. I bet they would do that. I mean, they would charge. No, you, I mean, they you literally know, do that. That's the whole point of a rain check. If if it, if you get a car wash and then it rains within twenty four hours, they give you. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the nineteen fifties, I, I don't think in in modern times. Come on, it's true. It's true. Look into it, bro. I don't look into stuff like that. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I just uh, it's not it's not important. You're more than happy to, to pay into. twice um, for God's mistake. Not he'll he'll, he'll create lo- the magic. <laughs> he'll create the magic hour, and he'll ruin it. Yeah, I love I love that. It's not a problem at all for me. It's it's like rain. It's like rain on your content creation day. Well, I'm having a tough content creation day because OnlyFans is uh, unfortunately uh, banning sexually sexually explicit content. Mm-hmm. It's that's fucking up your rev stream, isn't it? It's uh, fucking up my rev stream, but I was also I was putting in the the MX number to get the Rachel Dolezal <laughs> subscription. Uh-huh. But it, it, if it's going to be her reading poetry now or whatever, I don't I don't really want it. You, well, you know what I mean? Rachel I Rachel teased that you know like Monday it's going to be like dog sitting videos. Tuesday it's going to be vegan recipes. Wednesday, you know, maybe she'll do a, an op-ed piece about what's going on in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and then Sunday you might might see a titty. Is kind of what she was hinting oh, at. Oh, I see. So it's a big build-up to a titty out Sunday, the Lord's she's, Day. I think she's just setting boundaries and expectations. Which, if you ask me, I think that's healthy. Call me crazy, but yeah. she's letting you know that, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna see some titty. Maybe, but, <laughs> but that's not why you're coming here. If that's the only thing that you're after, Jack, 
keep on stepping to the next creator. It's actually insane though what they're doing because I mean it's basically like they built this on the back of of sexually explicit content and now they're going to ban they it. They built this on the barebacks of <laughs> No, I mean there's you got to unfortunately you got to see both sides and it, it comes down to oh shit. KK just found my <laughs> fucking memory card was in the dog bed so bean did eat the memory card this is why you have to get him the hermes dog bowl yeah bean ate it and if bean had the hermes dog bowl was it hidden for 1200 yeah i'll buy it it's fine i'll get it if she if she had that then she would she wouldn't have so much anger and animosity towards my general direction beans a chick that's my bad maybe bean should start you mean her maybe bean should start an OnlyFans to pay for that dog bowl because there's no handouts (laughs) at the stewart household something to think we are gonna have to create create a OnlyFans specifically (laughs) for puppers and doggos because these dogs, they show titty all day. Yeah, they, it's nothing for them to pull. And they one have out. multiple nipples, way more than I do. We do have a guest today. Mm-hmm. Um, concluding, concluding our GQ week, we we had to get the big dogs on the horn, Jason. We had to call, we had to call Anna Wintour, ask for Will Welch's cell phone, and now we're luckily able to podcast with him here at How Long Gone Industries. And if you, I don't know if we ever released this information, but the only lost episode of how long gone was a will welch episode back in the early early days I don't of this know podcast if we or not, but yeah that was it must have been the one of the first dozen episodes we ever did yeah and yeah. it was it was funny that i lost my memory card on this day because mm-hmm. there was a similar issue where the the digital recorder like the battery died or the memory card ran out and we lost the whole fucking interview. just to be clear yeah just to be clear you fucked up it was um, a my which issue. is i think the all the times that chris fucks up yeah yeah you know you don't know it because i clean it up but whenever i fuck up it's rare but it's catastrophic it's catastrophic yeah i, I just i think the narrative of this podcast is that i'm the fuck up and i just want to be clear that i've never lost an episode you're the fuck up but you only do baby-sized fuck-ups yeah minor minor stuff minor stuff you can clean up with a paper towel you don't need to pull out the dice dyson for my boo-boos and mine few and far between but they move mountains they move mountains but yeah we're excited to have will back back on the podcast mm-hmm. i'm excited to just see what if he remembers what we talked about because i sure don't he probably he probably has a little bit more of a memory just because he's you know he's not so close to it no he's not so close to it i mean i remember him calling me out for a tweet i wrote about liking the grateful dead and wearing a rolex so hopefully you can bring that up <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully he can he can bring that up again. My stance has not changed. Yeah, the only people that listen to the Grateful Dead and wear Rolexes, the only people you're allowed to get away with it are, are uh, music managers or you know people in and around the EDM industry. <laughs> yeah. Or, otherwise, otherwise it's just a weird fit. It's off brand. It just doesn't click for me. What about the guy? What What about the pizza guy in Altadena? Does he not get a pass? <laughs> well, I I mean that's a good question. I don't know if he has a Rolex, but uh, if he did, I wouldn't be shocked. And you re- you really are coming you're really coming for this man aren't you No I just think it's funny I mean if you're going to That's you're how gonna... much I mean that's how much the flavor of Grateful Dead on your tongue makes you wince well it's more that i really like pizza and if you're going to spend 100 racks on an oven with a dead logo then you probably do have the the bust down rolly i would imagine that you have both Okay okay none of that none of that sounds incorrect well uh, let's give will a zoomy and then we will get into it Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners... Our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert, faux life, 
at homechef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Uh, we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on. I compromise every day, Jason, as you know, because that's kind of part of being a good friend and partner. Oh, wow. I am forced to keep food in my refrigerator against my will um, <laughs> because my wife demands it. Uh, but when it comes to your health, Jason, there's absolutely no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, or their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or because they take your slightly sketchy insurance. I know you have sketchy insurance, Jason. Instead, <laughs> check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and most importantly, prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. All these doctors are real with verified reviews from actual patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists near you, or if you want to book one far away from you, that's your decision. <laughs> Go to ZocDoc.com slash HowLong and download ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That is ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash HowLong. ZocDoc.com slash HowLong. This episode of How Long Gone is brought to you by Booking.com. Booking dot, yeah, from cozy bed and breakfast to trendy boutique hotels with so many choices across the beautiful United States of America, you can book whoever you want to be. Uh, that can look like booking a five-star hotel to indulge your luxury side, that's me, or booking a remote cabin in the woods to explore your adventurous side. So um, spring has sprung, the sun is out, the sun is shining, I can't wait to get to New York. Check out Booking.com for your ideal hotel or vacation home, no matter where you go in the U.S. Booking dot, yeah. Book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking dot, yeah. Don't flex on us with the Apple over ears, dog. That's that's too much sauce. Is that a flex? Coming out of the gate early, Will Welch with the $17,000 <laughs> Apple headphones that are about the size of, you know, when you see, when you go down to the Florida Everglades, they got one of those hovercraft devices kind of zipping around <laughs> yeah. on the surface. That's kind of what they are. And I'm sure the spatial audio must be kicking right now. Am, am I wrong? I hear you in five dimensions, my friend. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, you're going to have to hang up. It's going to be overwhelming. I didn't know that these were going to get such a, a hearty welcome. Hearty welcome. <laughs> I'm tr I'm trying to think of I think the only other person that's had those is Rostam. Yeah. I, I think who's a who's a professional musician and I know you consider yourself to be a super listener. <laughs> yeah. But also Chris, I, I mean I agree with Will because as a as a loyal Bose noise canceling mafia member that you are, Chris, this seems like a kind of a lateral step. Am I wrong, Will? Uh lateral from Bose? If you're I mean but I'm saying if you're if you're dorky enough to wear the bows over ear, this shouldn't be too far of a bridge to cross. It's weird. Saying. It's weird to be um, getting uh, uh, poked and razzed for wearing cans by a guy <laughs> in a pair of cans. That I was not. I, I wasn't, hey, I wasn't hey. expecting any of this. I got to be real with Will, you. Will, Will, as you know, as you know, not all cans are created equal, brother man, and that's not a. It's not an OnlyFans <laughs> reference that we will be calling back to later on in the show. I do agree with that i moved from sennheisers to to these here i must say you are a critical listener i actually <laughs> I, I i want the ones like the proper radio headphones that jason has like the sony ones that are like 75 dollars that like mm -hmm. all the real heads use but i'm stuck with these uh businessman special bows over ear special murdered out edition though these are all black you know just uh, you probably can't yeah. tell yeah cuz most of the bose headphones are usually mustard green and yellow <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, kind of baby yeah, exactly. blue periwinkle it's weird it's rare to see a pair of black ones made to match nba jerseys <laughs> yeah. the way that headphones have developed into like a a full on opportunity to flex is a very interesting place that we've we've gone in society cuz jason was obviously during his DJ career, he was sponsored by Skull Candy. 
uh, which was I would say it's not true. I would say the dark it's not true, and it's not the dark. I took some meetings with them, sure, but nothing was nothing was ever hammered out. You did, you took meetings, but not checks. Yeah, why would you? Yeah, exactly. Why? But it's those were the dark days of headphones, and now we've graduated to where basically everybody's got a pretty nice pair, especially in New York when you're walking around. You know, it's it's kind of rare to see someone without AirPods now. Anything. It's true that anything can be a lifestyle a lifestyle gesture or or a status signifier. I, I was blowing my mind the other day because I walked by a pickup truck that had a Yeti sticker on it. And I was like, let me get this straight. You've got a sticker on your truck that refers to your presumptive uh, status cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was yeah, I like, mean, wow. I was like tumbling through with the, like, whoa. Uh, you know, the Yeti has become a status symbol, as you know. It has. It's because there's a subculture behind it, uh, and, and it's deeply rooted in classism. And, you know, the, you, you can cooler shame somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Will's not going to pull up with the broke boy igloo. He's got the, you know, because my favorite my favorite Yeti product is a, they make a bucket, <laughs> like a Home Depot style five gallon bucket that you're supposed to fill with ice. And then I imagine, you know, 24 uh, Bud, Budweiser's. But it's a, it's a nice looking thing, though. That's the problem. It is a nice looking product. I'm talking about any of this as though uh, I'm above it, but I, I fall for <laughs> yeah, silly. Yeah, I, I have a whole litany of status signifiers, you know, and some of them signify amazing things and some of them signify terrible stupid thing do you have an example off the top of your head of a city city folks yeti for a fellow like you it's like what a modern life is full of i was talking to one of our columnists today and we were we were talking about how our generation i'm 40 years old our generation and younger if we want to signify like intention or alignment with anything the first thing we do is spend money yeah no you're absolutely right um make a t-shirt about it or go buy a t-shirt about it. And mm-hmm. uh, it's tempting to make fun of that, but it's just, that's like the state of, that's the stage of capitalism that we're in. And I actually think it's uh, probably easier to just embrace it. And I think it's true of the younger generations too. You throw a little money at it. And that means like you believe. It's, it's obvious to others visually, like the, the plague of people who are more likely to buy a band's t-shirt than to buy the album to listen to, to celebrate it with the t-shirt, you know? It's not so much to buy yeah. the thing. You have to buy the thing that shows other people that you identify with the thing because we don't care about the art. We just want friends. I think the, <laughs> well, I think the biggest, the biggest, the biggest version of that is the, is the tote bag. I think that's the number one because I think that in New York, especially where that's like a piece de resistance for every, everyone has a tote bag because you're walking around. I think it became like a Chris, you don't think it's like a billboard. Do you for like a person? I, I would no. I, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, because I mean, in New York, the whole city is a runway. You understand? I do. I do. I do understand that. But I think that the, the, you know, it, it beyond signify, I think when it was like an NPR thing or a New Yorker thing, it was like, I'm not just, I'm not just smart. I want to let you know I'm smart, which is, I think even more, interesting than trying to let people know you're rich (laughs) because those are the two those are the only two things we want to we want to telegraph you know it's either about money or it's about impressing the opposite sex or whoever you're trying to have sex you know like i want a smart ass chick to see my tote bag from the new yorker or the paris review or whatever and be like that person is somebody that i want to have sex with these days these days it feels like the the wave is to like to mash together conflicting signifiers and just let people try to sort it out. You mean a high, you mean like a classic high low mix kind of. Yeah, or one thing that suggests Are you talking about a curious flavor pairing? I am, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That that seems to be like what people are into these days rather than having all your signifiers lined up into a really cleanly articulated brand, personal brand. Yeah, I think the younger generation, I think that's like when we when the the backlash to to like how our generation for a while was was making content that was kind of like perfect like everything was shot well it was lit perfectly it was really in line it was like 4d quality and now younger people want it to look like shit it feels more authentic to them if it doesn't look good or if it's it's like feels raw or kind of like Mm. uh you know not super labored over um and i think like brands are having a real i think brands have a hard time wrapping their head around that because you know it's it's the idea is that something is perfect when it leaves the door and that's not resonating in the same way it used to. True. Uh, I have a question for you guys. 
So mm-hmm. I was talking to Sam Hine last night, and he said that you guys are going on tour, and I wanted to hear about the the pod tour. <laughs> Look, it's a, it's a world tour with TJ, my man. Um, we are going tour, to everything. It's else a is U.S. Correct. tour. <laughs> it's a U.S. tour. Uh, it's um. Yeah, we signed a record deal with Jag Jaguar, and we're putting Sick. out a a dub. We put out it. We're putting out a double album with them. C- CD only. CD only double album, and the tour is basically going to be classic kind of indie rock venues, basically a Letterman style show, right? Like we do, we do our thing. A guest comes out, and then a band plays. Um, is is the idea? So we're doing. Bowery Ballroom, which is actually sold out. We're doing Shubas in Chicago. We're doing the Earl in Atlanta, Independent in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, I mean, I don't. I just think Jason and I both come from like a music background, so that approach seemed like the most fun. And um, I don't know if you have you ever been to like a live podcast before. I have not. I I actually haven't either. Jason, have you? Um, I don't think so. But I've seen video and I've wa- you know listened to audio versions of it before. That's the issue that that we <laughs> never that, never that, in that person. Yeah, I would, I would, I would never I listen to That's crazy. A audio version of a live podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, it's they're very I, they're two very different things. Hey, I trust you guys completely. This tour is going to be incredible. You've done your homework. Look, Will, Will, okay. You, look, Will, you know when you listen to a Grateful Dead... What an operation. You know, a Grateful Dead studio album versus a live recorded from the board on the on the mini D, on the the mini mini CD? They're two different entities, aren't they? The energy is different. The crowd, the pauses, the improvisation. It's about the notes that you don't play when you're going live, Will. But what I've never listened to is a taper setting up his rig at the speaker of a stereo that's playing the studio album, which is... That's that's more equivalent to what we're talking about. You are thinking in 5D. Audio of a live podcast to me sounds well, like... Well, I think what... well the. Th- the thing for us too, and this is something, I mean, we have a lot of like strong opinions on this show, obviously, but the, I just find that if somebody's going to pay $25 to come see, uh, to come see us, I want that experience to be singular. Like, I don't want to record it. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to stream it. I don't want to video it. I want it to be it. a special just, thing that lives at that time for those people in the room who are nice enough to buy tickets. And we're not gonna. It's not gonna be shared, except on Instagram stories if all goes well. But yes, well, that's fine. Now that that's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. We love we love engagement. To, high but engagement to go back to thing. what we were talking about with our our tote bag signaling to others, a big part of, of or a big reason to go to a live concert or a live podcast is to meet like minded individuals. Look at how other people who identify with you on this very specific thing see how they talk and walk and dress and. You know, maybe you'll meet a new friend, maybe you'll meet a new life partner, whatever it is, just to be around people that you have like a common shared interest in that's ultra specific, you know? Sounds like fun to me. I can't wait to see the height. <laughs> can't wait to see what people are, are doing in order to get backstage. I mean, this is going to be. It's going to be like Motley Crue all over again. Exactly. It's, fortunately, it's going to be all bros. Um, but you know, we'll 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 make do with what we can. <laughs> they're going to be in, instead of flashing the tits, they're going to be bribing Chris with a case of Harmless Harvest. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a coconut water bribe at the <laughs> at the backstage door. Let me let me see how pink it is. Nah, nah. You know, but you. I mean, it's it's no different than what you're doing with the magazine, right? It's like bringing people together under one one roof is kind of the goal in, in a lot of ways like it, it's like we all like this we all subscribe to the magazine maybe we listen to corporate lunch maybe we do this maybe we do that we follow these people on instagram it's it's all kind of the same idea chris you're not saying it's an ecosystem <laughs> i'm saying it's an ecosystem i'm saying it's a well i'm saying it's it's like every brand it's a community thing that's what you really want right you want these people engaged but i think that they them engaging with each other is almost as important as them engaging with you know you or the magazine or instagram or whatever it may be find your tribe absolutely that would definitely be a sign of a healthy ecosystem that's for sure (laughs) what you've done a good job at is assembling the right team to make that doable there's a lot of a, a lot of people working towards the same goal uh where it doesn't it feels pretty like there's a lot of tentacles that are interesting versus just like one thing that you have to like latch onto tentacles yeah i would say that um a clear vision or like well-articulated mission and then a bunch of interesting surprising people who are all aligned with that vision but doing it in their own 
very unique and hopefully kind of strange and surprising ways is I definitely think that's the best model. And that's what that, yeah, that's what we've tried to build it at GQ. And I think that's what we have built at GQ. Do you remember the era though, where it was like, I mean, you were working in publishing then for sure when it was kind of like in the early, the early dawn of, of social media that it was like, as an editor, you were basically told like, you need to, to like make this work. Like having a, having a social media presence is important for you succeeding at your job. Do you feel like that's true now? Or do you feel like that's something people do naturally because they have interesting things to say? I mean, yeah, I was, um, I'd been a GQ for a while when social media came into existence and there was definitely never any hard pressure or even really any soft pressure for people to like focus on their social media accounts. So I can I can very easily imagine that happening at different media outlets or that being like yeah. there being a period where that was super common. Um, but it wasn't the case at GQ at all. And I mean, we do some, there's definitely times when we're like, okay, there's this big story coming. And if you feel compelled to share it, that sure would be helpful because we're really trying to like give this thing a big push because a lot of energy and resources and enthusiasm went into it. So there's some, I guess, like marshalling of anyone who is interested getting into that debate of like uh, how independent people's social media accounts are and all that stuff is just like mm-hmm. very not interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I can imagine being told what to do on social media and just being like, what? Absolutely not. It seems insane. Absolutely not. Unless we add some zeros to that. Yeah, of course. If there's sure. a big check, yeah, yeah that sure. changes things. Of Absolutely. Course. I think that I also I wanted to enlighten our listeners on um like how things actually make it into a magazine. Sure. You know what I mean? So so like like I think that people know like, oh yeah, we pitched it, you know, it, they kind of know the general idea of it all, but I think that like, for example, uh, I don't even know if this was in print necessarily, but the the Johnny Knoxville story, yeah, um, that you guys did, yeah, that was in print. Okay, that was in print. It was very very cool. Everything about it like hit. It was the right time, and and obviously he was promoting Jackass, etc. But like something like that, did that instantly hit for you, or was it like, oh, maybe let's see what we can do, or or, or was that did you is that something you instantly thought like this will be successful? This is a great GQ story. Sure. So. Um- Sam Shuby, who ended up writing the piece many months later, pitched it. I think it was um, his initial pitch. It was like months and months ago. He was like, I guess it's the 20th anniversary of Jackass is like at the time he was saying next year. And maybe we can like get all the voices, voices (laughs) together and do an oral history of Jackass. And I was like, that is so fascinating. And there was actually a kind of funny internal logic to why I was like immediately very supportive of that idea, which is that my predecessor as editor-in-chief of USGQ, Jim Nelson, his first cover was Johnny Knoxville when he became editor-in-chief. And it was a clear signal away from like the way back Art Cooper yeah. GQ that this new guy, this with a kind of like renegade spirit was going to put the jackass guy on the cover of GQ, like people's brains exploding. And it's it's a fantastic cover the image is great it's it's a really good cover and it was yeah my predecessors his statement of a new direction for gq and then obviously the environment has changed a lot and now jackass was representative of a very different and now quite dated idea of like what's funny idea of masculinity and like one of the overarching themes of GQ since I be, in the U.S. since I became editor um, has been this idea of the new masculinity and trying to again like totally revise people's conception of of what's masculine and, and evolve that conversation. And so the idea to go back to the once like groundbreaking cover star and then to show how now Jackass is kind of an uncomfortable fit in our new era was like instantly enticing and then. I think Sam like explored doing that story. I was like, yeah, green lights all the way. He explored doing that story. It didn't totally get off the ground for a variety of reasons. And then it evolved into a profile just of Johnny Knoxville rather than an oral history of the whole crew. That would be kind of, we wanted to go early before it really became like full on jackass publicity campaign season. And, and we were able to do that. And, 
yeah, just got a great piece that was fun and funny and full of pathos. And then also like very, very, very well read. And Johnny Knoxville has the gray hair, which is like the perfect metaphor for the whole thing that I'm describing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely, I mean, he looks great actually. Like he looks really yeah. cool and, and teats made him look really cool in the clothes. And like, it was, it was great. But I do think that to me, in a lot of ways was like a perfect GQ story, right? Like it had, it had, it's, it's four people our age that like lived through that. But I think that jackass is big enough where young people are still interested in what that means and like why it's relevant again or like why, why they should be interested again. But I, I personally can't wait to see Jackass 4. Really? I don't know about you guys. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not like at the top of my fall priority list, but I, I respect where you're coming from. <laughs> I don't, also don't think like a lot of them need the money. You know what I mean? So it's uh, like, are you guys just doing yeah, pretty much all of them except for Johnny Knoxville probably need the money? Yeah, yeah but guess who's making all the money? It's definitely Johnny Knoxville. They'll take a 50, 50 grand check if, if it's coming to them. That's true. That's but, a good yeah. Point. But I think it was such a part of our life and our teen years, our formative years, that uh, us as adults who can afford a movie ticket, it's almost our duty to go watch Jackass. It's like going. It's like going to a, a memorial service. You know, it's almost as powerful as the Final Hangover. Wow! Finally, put that thing to bed. Wow. What? It's like watching them bury your dad. Yeah, Jason's a Jason's kind of a cinephile. If you can't tell, he considers himself the the Siskel and Ebert of this podcast. So big movie buff. Will there's not much there's not much room for me. But yeah, I mean, I I I love that I love that story a lot, and I think that um it kind of encompassed in a lot of ways what you guys are, are trying to do. And I'm glad that people read it because you know you never know. Obviously, you hope, but you you never know when you when you put things out into the yeah, world. Yeah, each every day is a new day on the internet. You really never know what people are going to go for, but that is occasionally frustrating, but mostly like exciting and drives us to do all kinds of weird, different shit all the time. We talk about that a lot. Because I think good or bad, things are basically over in 24 hours. Maybe you got four. Totally. You know, if, if it's something exceptional. Dude, you really pound that water with like vigorous thunder. <laughs> good God almighty. I'm like, look, you look pretty good for 40, but you could look a little better if you sucked one of these down every day. I'm just telling I you. just don't do it with quite quite the same aggression but i guess you know i'm not going to be the first one at the jackass movie either. Well, yeah. chris is more of a he's he's more of an alpha type a kind of energy compared to i don't people. yeah i don't i don't i don't know what your gym flow is like if, if joe holder's taking you out for the little runs or whatever <laughs> but some of us we're kind of on our bodybuilder swag so it's a little it's we have to do this i'm i am behind yeah i'm behind you on that will what kind of drinking glass were you were you producing it just a moment ago? It looked like it had a design on it of some sort. I believe this is a Ren and Stimpy situation. <laughs> you believe it's, a, it's literally a, a glass in the entire top to bottom, side to side, is Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Um, are you are you a member of Ren and Stimpy Hive? I'm not. I, that's why I said I believe because I actually wasn't totally positive, and I can't tell you if this oh, is Ren what? or Stimpy. But um, I'm in a house that is not my own, and this is the. This is the glassware, and um, got it, got it, got it. You got my hopes up. That's all. I, I've now learned through Chris that uh, you know one doesn't need glassware at all. You can just take it right to the face, <laughs> straight out of the plastic. Well, because a lot of people, you know, I could measure it out, you know, and and like, but that requires thinking, which is something I'm not really big on. <laughs> so I kind of like to, I kind of like to just grab the jug, mm-hmm. and when I finish it, I know I have drank a gallon of water, and then I'm on to the next next task for my day. Fair, but what? But the we were talking about the speed of things, doing things that are going to live online versus doing things that are going to live in the magazine with that speed of, of, of things like top of mind. Does that like affect your thinking? Do you guys know the, the magazine O32C? Of course. Shout out to Big Yorg. Jason's only competition size-wise. We need to get them on a, on the court. I'll kick his ass. Yorg is the man. Um, <laughs> Not for long. Yorg runs the, the second best magazine on planet Earth. And um, <laughs> um, they, they had this wonderful piece called the, the Big Flat Now. They do these kind of like thought-provoking dossier style, like research, like uh, kind of cultural theorizing pieces and i thought that one was really cool and it is very relevant to the online world where everything 
uh, even like just comparing GQ and print to GQ.com. So there are all these structures inherent to the way a print magazine works where you're able to signal different emphases and like do different dynamic things. There's the cover, there's the feature well, there's the front of book. And then when you put things out online, every story, um, I was just talking about this uh, uh, on a on a team meeting earlier today, every story gets like a head and a deck and there's the little place where the writer's byline goes and then there's the piece and then it goes out in a tweet and all of those things are completely flat, right? You can't really, there's no baked in way to the format or the structure to say, this is a really important story or this is like a really quick, we, yeah, we yeah, spent yeah. six months on this story or Somebody wrote this in 60 minutes this morning. <laughs> it all goes out in a flat way. And the big flat now is a much grander idea than that. But it is about the way screens and digital platforms just kind of flatten everything. And that's why I was saying this is a crapshoot in content land every morning. No matter what you're planning, no matter what you have in mind, no matter how hard you worked or how brilliant of a thing you have, you just got to like... Start floating those tweets out there. Get it up on Facebook. You're telling me, baby. This is. I think about this on our cover shoots all the time. Like, you just made a horizontal photo. Good for you. Does it crop seamlessly to a vertical? Otherwise, it's worthless on Instagram. Mm -hmm. This shit is wild. Well, you're you're li you're literally stifling artists with even just saying that sentence. It hurts my heart, but I understand. You, you, we have to be able to use this. We have to be able to use this stuff properly. I mean, if I'm stifling artists by talking about the fact that that an iPhone is is vertically oriented, then uh, <laughs> I'll take that up. I'll take that up with Steve Jobs himself. Don't worry. Yeah. But I, I think that the optimization is key. So basically, it's like everything is the same. Everything has to get shoved through the same pipeline. And yeah. that is a tricky situation. But then the flip side of that is I do, I do feel really encouraged that because of social media, um, good things generally get found. Like, you know, you guys, after all of this incredible deep research that you've been doing on yeah. how to fine tune a live podcast tour, you're sold out at the Bowery Ballroom. The cream, my friends, it rises to the top. That's right. Thank God. A great story, a great story, or um, a great shoot does seem to like get found and get passed around. So there's like some hope for what we do. So, something we talk about a lot too is like fan culture. And how that drives things online to the point where it's like scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but like, I think that, you know, I, I mean, you guys aren't putting Nicki Minaj on the cover or maybe you are, but I, I think that the images specifically can go so crazy because of this fan culture. Like if I see a picture of Brad Pitt, I'm like, Oh, this is great. They killed this. This is amazing. Maybe I share it. But like that real tale that's insane is like, the lunatics that have Brad Pitt fan sites. Yeah. And that's something you cannot replicate in a magazine. That is only, that's a very online existence. The Brad, Brad selectuals, <laughs> the Brad selectuals. <laughs> but the thing that, um, I think about more these days is like, okay, let's say that you tap into the right celebrity hive and you can like, you know, get your most liked Instagram post in GQ history because of that. Ultimately, given what we're planning for the future of GQ, I mean, the present and what we're building towards increasingly in the future is like actually somebody who loves Nicki Minaj, but doesn't give a shit about anything else that GQ does coming and helping that photo get all those likes ultimately doesn't help me that much. I'm, I'm trying. No, definitely. To, no. I, I know that Jason was kidding earlier when he was like, it sounds like you're talking about an ecosystem, but like. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is, is sure, we'll take like huge swarms of readers because there's an awesome cover or something. But ultimately, what you're trying to do is build um, an audience full of people, uh, to your point, Chris, that feel more like a community and who will come back for stuff and, and pay for things as long as they're confident that you're going to over deliver. Like, for instance, the GQ socks that I think went on our shop today, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, if you're not buying a pair Don't of socks, like... <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate a merchandise opportunity. Obviously, we're we're big proponents of that over here. But I mean, I also feel like you guys didn't really you you didn't succumb to the great pivot to video. 
which I which I feel like is a is a feather in your cap. And I don't know if that was on purpose or if I'm missing something. But is that is that something you you deem to be true? Uh, I would say that we have been grinding it out on video and and steadily building on video. But what a pivot su- instead of jumping. what a pivot suggests is that you like dropped everything that the brand has ever meant to try to like to catch this monster wave, even if you don't really know anything about that. So we've just been, yeah, yeah, we've just been grinding it out and growing, grinding and growing. That seems to be working for us. You know, our video business is huge. We're, we're a grinding, we're a grind and grow podcast. So we understand. So are you, are you guys hitting Bon Appetit level video numbers? Is that what we're talking about? Well, I think our YouTube has, uh, five, six million subscribers. Okay. It's nothing to shake a stick at TJ. It's YouTube. The scale is enormous, but it's, um, that's not small. The scale is true. The scale is truly the fucked scale up. Is wild. YouTube scale yeah. is, tr- is is truly fucked yeah. up. Because I mean, I think that's a big thing for podcasting as well. Is that a lot of people like you got to get on YouTube. You know, you got to have clips, and I'm just like not interested in that. But that's literally how you move the needle, maybe the most. Yeah, is if you can if you can hit the algorithm and and figure out how that stuff works, like that will you will grow exponentially over over drink champs, baby. What what kind of podcast are you listening to? Um, he just told you that's it well that's what made me think of it. i watched a drink champs video recently and it was just them in a room and it was like a very big cavernous room it almost felt like they were recording it in like a high school basketball gymnasium the audio quality was abysmal <laughs> and it was just them just bullshitting for two hours i'm like when are these guys gonna get drunk and start letting some shit fly and it just kind of never really did it for me but but you need you need the, that moment every episode that we do a podcast. There's going to be a three minute run where somebody says a great point, a funny a joke is made or whatever, and then you want that to be captured on YouTube somehow and shared, and you know then people come into your ecosystem. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why Chris and I have an aversion to that, but I I, I like not being on YouTube. Curious. I'm an audiophile. Do you watch? But do you watch podcasts or do you listen? Or do you listen to them? I threw out Drink Champs because I think of of them recently as the ones who like, uh, or, or Breakfast Club is the other one where they're making audio, but they yeah. just record it and put it online, and it really works. Um, yeah, totally. I, I think the only podcast I've ever watched besides um, some clips was. I watched the full camera on, on Drink Champs. I'm sorry for your recent loss, by the way. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. It's not. Um, yeah, that's not really like that. Whatever you got to tell yourself, Will. Whatever you got to tell yourself. Okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then and my podcast listening is fairly sparse. Not a fan of the medium. I'm really committed to the um, fully, <laughs> fully, deeply committed to the Ramdas podcast, and that's like that's the main one. Uh-huh. Oh, walk me. Oh, let's go. Walk us through a Ram Das podcast episode. Wait, didn't he pass away recently? He did. Yeah. He did. How's this motherfucker still podcasting? He's good. Uh, they, they got a, there's a vault, man. There's a, they vault. Had a couple episodes. There's they had a, a couple vault. episodes banked in case of posthumous release schedule. That's interesting. No, Ram, Ram Das is lit. He's, he's a, truly a master. I've never listened to his podcast, though. You recommend it, you said? The podcast is just, historical tapes of the lectures going back to the 60s and i mean yes yeah, it's, it's the most amazing thing in the world you can just there's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of him uh you know mostly improvisationally just giving talks off dome cameron style that's actually an interesting use of the podcast medium though to take something like that is it, it exists and cut it up and put it into this format so more people can discover it. Mm-hmm. It seems like a really good use of those it, those tapes sitting around. Yeah, totally. I mean, one interesting thing about Ramdas uh, is that he has always been kind of like very media savvy because in the he went on a radio show of this guy who now goes by the or has for decades gone by the name Ragu Marcus, um, and they became friends and then. Raghu Marcus essentially went and started working for Ramdas and, and ran his foundation. And Raghu Marcus was a, a radio host and super media savvy. Raghu in the morning, 98.3. Exactly. The hot car fun check-in. Um, uh, but so they were, they were taping all the lectures and then they were making records. They were making books. They were very early on the internet. They were very early to taking all these tapes and making it, putting them up in podcast form. Um, and it just goes on and on and on. And yeah, it's interesting the way that like, 
you know, a guy who's basically a spiritual teacher and at various points in his life, like a renunciate, always had by his side, like a very prudent, shrewd jack of all media, just making sure that the message was getting on all these platforms as they evolved. And that's why I know who he is, you know. This is this is like a really um, relevant challenge for this era of being at a brand that is historically a print magazine. Is if you're not evolving to put your best shit on the platform where everybody is, then you're like fading away at best and dying at, at worst. No, I mean I, I think that watching like like Monocle never did it. Fantastic Man still doesn't really do it. You know, they have like things here or there and it's, it's a little bit, I mean, Monocle, I thought it was funny because he was like against it. Like I'm going to start a 24 hour radio network instead of building a website. Right. Just like <laughs> wild boy shit. Yeah. And I think it like, I think it can work if you have that audience. It's growing the audience that will be the challenge. Like, I think you can get people to lock into that if they think that's the way it should be done. But the growth, I, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. That, that's the challenge. Yeah. I think. You got to hire young people. When GQ starts throwing the, the GQ conference in, in you know, Stugart, uh, and it's, you know, $30,000 a head to, to mingle with some Financial Times editors, then, <laughs> then I'll know that you've lost... Then I'll know that you've lost the plot. Yeah. You know, then I'll be. I'll have to check in. I'll have to You're check. Talking in. about QCon and, and <laughs> yeah, how no, I mean, and how re, how will you react next week when you see me dancing on TikTok with a, a stylish fit on? <laughs> the GQ TikTok presence, I'm sure, is 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 there, and I I would love to know more about it. Unfortunately, I will not look into that uh, after the podcast. <laughs> I, I have I have I don't know about you. I'm sure you're more aware because you have to be. But Jason and I have both successfully avoided TikTok, which is a point of pride at this point. Yeah. Walk us through some of your TikToks, Will. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, G- GQ is on TikTok. I am not. Uh, what's good is just like little funny, weird moments that seem to be, you know, among the many things that go viral on TikTok. And luckily, mm-hmm. in the course of us doing the thing that we do and making cover stories and videos and all that, there's a lot of that lying around. So You have it. Yeah, you have it lying around. I mean... I I get sent videos a lot to check out, you know, but it luckily you can view them without having to to sign up uh because I'm I'm not only I'm more afraid than yeah. anything else. Like I don't I I like I don't it, it's like the undercurrent. I don't want to get sucked in and and I'm I'm no I'm susceptible to it. Yeah. He's been bitten by the internet snake before. <laughs> Now he's twice yeah, shy. I twice shy. I have exactly. I w- I w- was I reading correctly that you guys opened a bar recently, the GQ bar, like a drinking establishment, not like a cardio bar. Yeah, that, that's right. There's a there's a new GQ bar in Bodrum in Turkey. Okay, Turkey. Yeah. What? What the? What, <laughs> really? Glo- that's sick. I saw a photo what, of it. What, it looks is pretty this, wild. Is this just global expansion? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, big global brand. <laughs> Did you have any yeah, course, did you have any piece of this action or was this something that's sort of outside of your jurisdiction? I don't have like points on the financials of it. Um, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't talking about points, but like did were you consulted in any of this or was it just like somebody piece built of the a action bar? are you talking about? If you're talking about like seeing design plans before they were built, I had a piece, but I don't call that the action. <laughs> okay. Well that's well, I mean no. that's, that's potentially more than one would assume, you know? Yes. I didn't know if you were pushing, you know, pushing your mezcal brand to be excluded in the cocktail list. You know? <laughs> no, at, a, at a certain point, Halston isn't touching everything on the JCPenney collection, so I just wasn't sure how <laughs> how in deep in deep you were going, you know. But the new, the new, so the new reshuffle makes you you're the big boss globally. Is that the deal? <laughs> that, that is the deal. Yes, I'm the global editorial director. That's a big. That's a big ass title, Jason. You hear that? So that's that's above editor in chief. Yes, it, it is for the sort of like uh, editor moving away from the editor in chief title. I see. It's a problematic title for the GQs that uh, wholly owned by Conan Nast. Yeah. So do you? So do you deal with? So does that mean that you are now um, a lot busier <laughs> because you're dealing dealing with wild ass time zones and shit? It does. Yeah, the mornings start really early. Um, you know, especially calls with like India, Japan, China. Taiwan. Luckily, Turkey wakes up a little bit later. A little bit later, it's true. They're hung. They're hung over. They're hung over. The when being in LA, <laughs> being in LA is tricky because um, 
to time zones get even more extreme in Los Angeles. So I've been recalibrating for that when I'm in LA. Oh, it's turned up. Um, but yeah, it's early mornings. It's early mornings, but that's okay with me. What time are you going to bed at, Will? It really ranges as early as 9.30. And I think last night I went to bed at 1. 1 o'clock? Yeah. Call of Duty? Call of Duty sesh took you out? <laughs> yeah, he's up late. He's up late on the PS2 again. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Okay. So you're getting more, more or less. You're getting enough sleep. Not a Ren and Stimpy um, hive person, and I'm not a gamer either. We we didn't we did not suspect you to be, but the clarification was was needed. You yeah. never know. So are you in LA right now? I'm not. No, I'm on the East Coast. Okay. Okay. Undisclosed location, but you are out in LA a decent amount then. Quite a bit. I mean, everything changed. Obviously, this is going to get. This is very boring. But everything changed during COVID. But. Mm-hmm. Prior to COVID, I was probably in LA twice a month. Oh, you! Oh, I didn't realize you were in that much because you're going. You're in. The, you're in the office though, right? You're holding it down at the tower. Oh yeah. See, I like that. I like <laughs> that about you because I honestly think, man, I think that like I just think that shit is going to come roaring back. I have a. I, I talk about it all the time. I have a big theory that the office is going. People are going to be desperate for the office. Chris has been dumping a lot of money into WeWork. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Smart man. He feels it coming. I put a lot of my personal fortune into WeWork, so I'm, I'm really pushing this ahead. But no, I think that the... Brilliant. I, I, <laughs> I just think that like being able to do something remotely is different than being able to do something well. Does that make sense? Like, I think it's like... Being able to pull it off is not the same as being able to do it like more efficiently. Yeah. And I, I just feel like that that's something that people are going to... And I also think... I'm just like a face-to-face kind of cat. Like, I, I prefer that. You know, is that a dying thing that we're going to have to adjust to? That's just a boomer mentality that's now gone? or And people who try to fight back like Chris Black are going to be stoned in, stoned in public? Uh, no, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a rebalancing. Though. Like, obviously, we have unlocked all kinds of new tools and capabilities with just getting fully thrown into the deep end on doing everything remotely and over zoom and so on. And, you know, we had to figure that out completely. There were, we made issues of GQ where you could not gather anybody for any photo shoots. And you're like, okay, how do we, how do we still make the thing that we make? If you have both hands tied behind your back and your feet tied together. And that was like exciting, awesome, creative challenge. And now we know how to use it like all the time. You imagine like, some meeting that you don't really need to be at in person, we now know. And even if it was like I was in New York and it was in New York and you would spend 45 minutes like commuting back and forth to them, like all of that stuff has changed and changed forever. I do think the office has been changed forever. And that if you're trying to pretend it hasn't, that is a bit of like a boomer mentality thing. <coughs> but I also think that like there, there's a real <laughs> desire for human connection and collaboration. And a lot of us, myself included, Chris um, declared his allegiance is like, yeah, I want to like be around people sometimes just me three white guys with tattoos a dry erase board who's picking up lunch let's get this thing done <laughs> blue skies let's get it done blue baby. Skies. <laughs> <laughs> but i but i i do i i do think there's like a, a spe- specifically with like photography it's like it really does take an army and like that energy just cannot be recreated yeah. like if there's t- if there's 20 people on set there's like a feeling that comes with that that, that just i think sometimes takes away but more often than not adds to the the environment and the whole process mm-hmm. you know yeah sometimes your crew can become your family <laughs> that's true sometimes the crew can become your family that's a great point jason i've seen it firsthand <laughs> yeah being on set at photo shoots was one of the like one of the things i missed the most when we were in deep deep quarantine big crafty guy what's that yeah he loves crafty i guess sure oats and honey bar what's going on i had to scan i had to scan that claim quickly and it like it checked out yeah sure <laughs> I'm a big crafty guy. <laughs> are you are you worried as, as a global editor are you are you more cautious about things that you're saying publicly or have you received any media training or are you are you still uh, approaching social life public content creation as you were beforehand uh, approaching it as essentially as I was beforehand. I mean, I think there's an element of like evolving the way one thinks and talks and comports oneself that it's just a matter of like evolving generally. So that's really important to me. And there doesn't have to be like um, different 
public and private personas and stuff like that if you're doing it right must be wow must be nice because i got there's two chris's baby, <laughs> and you know the, the public can, the public can only get one and and luckily jason gets to see both that's why we have such a close relationship yeah it's, it's a very close relationship similar to like ike and tina like their kind of relationship that's kind of <laughs> yeah, what we yeah, have exactly, yeah, exactly. wait can i yeah, can i exactly. say something really that's quick kind of, can i say something really quick of course i also i also just scan this and i'm like are these guys just gonna think i'm such a fucking i'm not gonna um i'm not gonna get dragged on the internet i might just seem like a cornball but they're uh because i brought up ramdas earlier there <laughs> there is this idea that that all thoughts words and actions are offerings to god right and that was kind okay. of a life-changing concept to me because this is just a small side effect of it, but you don't have to like behave differently around a hot mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you're, li- if the way you're living your life is that all thoughts, words, and actions are an offering to God. Do you mean God in a literal sense, or do you mean like a higher power? Well, I don't have a, I don't have a sheepishness around the term God, but I wouldn't. Um, my, yeah. the God that I consider God is probably different from what somebody might assume sure. if they were, uh, or or whatever. But I don't like that. Doesn't. Worrying that somebody's going to mis- un- misinterpret what I mean when I say God doesn't stop me from saying it, I guess. Oh, no, no. I, I'm asking personally. Yeah. I, I just think because as as two Southern men yeah. here, I don't, I don't know how you... I was just raised in a Baptist household yeah. and rebelled against that pretty strongly. Sick. The God stuff, and this has to do with like recovery shit too. It's, art, it's like kind of hard for me to comp- comprehend. Like it's yeah. kind of like... That isn't that I think of that as like a negative thing. Yeah. Um, and I've evolved, I've gotten away from that and like understand that like obviously people believe in things they believe in because it does something for them and, and that is a positive thing. But I, I think it's, it's, I just think it's hard baked into me to like react when I hear it, when I hear that word. I, I completely relate to that. There was like a stretch of many, many years where I would not have casually and non specifically said God out of fear of what people might yeah. assume. I was talking about, and I definitely, when I say it, I'm not talking about, I, I, I was like the rare Southern Catholic. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that existed. I didn't know we had yeah. that. <laughs> uh, kids on the playground used to be like, is that Christian? Because <laughs> um, there just aren't Catholics in the South really. But anyway, yeah, what, there were many years of my life where I wanted to make sure I'm not talking about that. Um, but now yeah. yeah, it's whatever. I, I, but I, I think you make a, I think you make a good point. And I think that for us as people who talk a lot and, and that's a good approach. Well, Chris, I think this is, this should come easy for you, Chris. If you have a hard time kind of putting a face or a name or an object to God, just consider yourself to be the god, you know, like I see, <laughs> like 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 Charlemagne himself. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I see just what we're the, going the to deepest, do. darkest version of you. Is this something that you really want to put your name on? Is this something that is you believe needs to be put out into the world? It's worth mentioning publicly. It could help somebody. It could make somebody laugh. Whatever it is, you know, that's that seems yeah. like a decent rule of thumb to start before you start picking up the good book. Jason, we don't know each other well, but from what I can gather, um, you feel closest to God when you're getting a joke off. Is that fair? <laughs> yes. You're goddamn yeah. right. Pardon the pun. Jason is serving a higher power, and that higher power is, I'm going to get this joke off, and if it lands, I'm right there. I'm in lockstep. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, Will, Jason does have editing power of this podcast, so his jokes tend to land pretty good <laughs> in the finished product, if you, don't, if you, if you know what I'm but saying. But much like God, the way he controls our oceans, tides... All a raising tide <laughs> Jason. All boats, Chris. Yeah, I love raising the tides. So that means you know that means if I can edit myself to be funnier, I will also edit Will and Chris to sound equally funny. That is that is a positive. That is generosity. I, I, that I is mean, obviously, I can only do so much with what you guys give me the raw product. You know, it's true. Depend. You know, if I'm going to make a milkshake, it's only as good as as the the scoop of vanilla that I have to work with. Absolutely. I'm I'm going to take this to this. The, the Ram Das learnings to heart, though. I think it's pretty interesting. And I'm not, I mean, I'm familiar to some extent, and I know that you, I, I knew that about you, that you're a big head. And I think I could probably learn a few things. And Chris, I don't mean to sound like prescriptive or like a, what I'm telling you to do. This is a, th- no, no, this no. is actually what I did with that. For some reason, I heard that in a lecture on the Ram Das podcast. It stuck with me. All thoughts, words, and actions are an offering to God. And I started by like, let me ch- let me see how I can do with that for one week. Like, let me just see how that goes. Yeah, this is some. This is just some one day at a time shit. Absolutely, it really is. It's like, absolutely. It's like, so thoughts, yeah, I mean, words, and actions. So that means no. What, what stuff did you have to remove or edit other than pornography? Of course, 
it doesn't mandate anything because again, it depends on what definition of God you're working with. It's not like, um, mm. it's not like the sins of the Bible are the, the mm. laws at play here or the backboard, got it, got it, got the it. backboard against which we're against, which we're pushing. So, so if my God thinks that doing ketamine is okay, then that means it's okay with me. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it means. Yeah. I mean, Ramdas did more acid than mind expansion, but no, I mean, I, I, uh, I think that there is some. Um, I, I think that when you start to look at stuff like that, it's, it's. I think also we all instinctually know what's bad and good for ourselves in in most 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 of the time, mm-hmm. and and we all we all do things that are bad uh, because maybe there's not consequences that are immediate. And part of all we're trying to do is to like wake up and be able to to look at ourselves objectively and get out of this like totally, you know, totally solipsistic way of living life where everything runs through you and you're the arbiter of everything good, bad, cool, indifferent or other. And to just be able to look at our own thoughts like objectively instead of just like being in our own thoughts at all times as though that is like... Mm the very capital T truth itself. The end all, the end all, yeah. be all. And I found that drugs really do help with that, you know, not to be, you know, cl- cliche. No, they do for they sure. They do. Yeah. For they sure. do. And then they, no, and then other sure. stuff happens too. And then they don't. And then they don't. Yeah. And then they don't. <laughs> all you have to do is make sure you don't abuse the drugs guys. Come on. It's not that hard. Well, this is, this is my growth. The, my, my growth in the last five years has been me understanding that things aren't like things can be good and exist. And I don't, like them because they're not for me Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean like there was a point in my life where i was like that's fucking stupid that's so fucking whack blah 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 but it's like chris like that's just not for you like your opinion on billy eilish doesn't matter because that music is not for you you can give your opinion but you have to understand that that is not the marvel dc universe is not for you chris (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly it's like and once once you once you realize that life is much easier i i it's it's and even though i'm still opinionated and want to give my opinion i i don't there's no vitriol there like there once right. was. It's it's more like that sounds to me like a different way of kind of like shedding that that like completely solipsistic. I'm at the center of everything way of living. You know what I mean? It's the same same outcome. Well, it's also I mean, it's there's there's also I mean, it's hard to an extent when you do something that is about yourself, kind of, which is what this show is sometimes, you know, to, to separate that like that. That's what oh, I thought. Come I thought today it. was about me. It's about you. Guys. Oh, no. Oh, no, sweetie. It's always about us. You're just a, you're just a guest star. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's not. I did. I, I did I have this thought. You. I did have this thought because um, obviously I am a journalist and I was genuinely curious to ask you guys about your tour. And I was like, it'd be so sick to go on the pod and just filibuster the whole thing by asking them questions the whole time. Not say one thing about myself, put the headphones down and like go back to my little Many my people little have thought about setup. many people have considered that or thought about it, but no one's had the cojones to actually pull it off, Will. You wanna you got a couple to pull it off. You got a couple fastballs you wanna fire across home plate? <laughs> Do I want to fire some fastballs at you guys? <laughs> That's right. Well, I find with journalists like even I, I was playing tennis yep. with Rosecrans Baldwin's who who was on the show and that's how we met. And I had this experience with Joe Coscarelli. I've had this experience with Nomi Fry where it's like you're in this conversation and then I realize that they're it's basically an interview. Yeah. Like they're just they're getting and it's like it's it's so easy for them and they're so good at it and it feels so natural and that's why those people are so good at their jobs. But like I'll tell them anything. Yeah, they can yeah, ask yeah. Me they'll talk you my, right out of your J Crew boxers, won't they, Craig? Exactly. Yeah, you could yeah, you could ask me what my social my social security number my mom's maiden name is, and I'm fucking writing it down for you before I leave the tennis court. It's a it's a very powerful thing that I think it takes a long time to learn. I think it takes a long time to perfect that. Yeah. If you can do the ones the people who can do it seamlessly, yeah. Absolutely. That's the that's the trick. Yeah, that's totally the trick. Yeah, but if you look, if 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 you want to ask us some questions, you can email those over later. We'll we'll have our pre, our PR person review those, and we'll let you know if we're going to be able to do that. Maybe we'll do a um, co branded corporate lunch episode. Mm. Ooh, I, I would love a a, cor- a corporate lunch. How long on? Because I haven't been on in a long time, and Jason's never been on. I think the time we're going to be actually out in New York sooner than later. Maybe we can come by. Mm-hmm. Come by yeah. Thirty Rock and kick the tires. <laughs> yeah. you, you can you can swing by Zoom and we can all chop it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we'll swing by. Just just give me the Zoom, Addy. 
But I did. Before we go, Will, are, are, are you attending the Met Gala and what are you wearing? We want the exclusive. Yeah, I am attending the Met Gala and I'm not going to say... Let's go, I, baby. I'm not going to say... Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm not going to say what I'm wearing, not because I think anybody cares that much, but just because uh, it'll be more fun for me if I don't say it ahead of time. Can you give us a hint? Is it Couture? Is it Runway? One of a kind? Oscar de la Renta again? Are you gonna, where, where are we going? <laughs> de la Renta again? Again. One trick pony, this guy. Um, okay. Well, uh, Will, thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure as always. Um, and people can find you on Twitter and Instagram. Is it at Will Welch? At Will Welch. That's easy. Thanks, guys. I laughed early. I laughed often. Jason, you were very close to God a lot today. Great work. <laughs> Chris, you have inspired me with your hydration and not only the hydration itself, but the aggression with which you um, embrace it. So I don't I don't want anyone to tell you differently. The vessel in which with which you hydrate is important to success. And I think that's the that's the major takeaway for you today. If we want to get a Joe Rogan Spotify deal, we got to start drinking our water as if joe rogan might exactly that's it's, like a goddamn gorilla it's manifest it's manifesting is what i'm doing it's not even it's not even just hydrating as far as i can tell you guys are on your way thank you yeah and check out check out gq magazine wherever you buy magazines gq.com is the website if you find yourself in turkey swing by the gq bar do it <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah if you're in bodrum this summer will gets a little taste of that the, the, the will welch mezcal cocktails on the menu there <laughs> you have to ask you have to ask for it but they they know what it is they know what it is yeah it's i warn you guys now it's a mocktail but don't worry about it we'll see you later will thank you all right guys You've got to laugh. What else can you do?